Buffalo Bills fans, it's Matt Warren, editor-in-chief at buffalorumblings.com and the host of Buffalo Rumblings Q&A on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. The Buffalo Bills are in the middle of training camp for the 2022 NFL season. Good news, football's back. The pads are popping at St. John Fisher. We've got answers to some of the questions we've had all offseason, and we're going to get into that in a second. But first, I wanted to remind you that you can send in all of your questions using our voicemail line at 716-508-0405. You can text that number as well, 716-508-0405. You can tweet us at A with the word and spelled out in the middle. Email us, buffalorumblings at sbnation.com. There are just so many ways to get in touch with the show as we move into the rest of the summer and settle a whole bunch of outstanding questions that still remain for the Buffalo Bills heading into the 2022 season. Over at buffalorumblings.com on Monday, August 1st, we announced our staff changes. A couple shakeups. We haven't really had a whole lot of major staff shakeups in several years, uh, but we have a couple big changes coming to buffalorumblings.com. In addition to all of that, we have a brand new title sponsor on our vidcast network. Picasso's Pizza has jumped in for that opportunity. Uh, If you have any interest in advertising on any of the Buffalo Rumblings platforms, uh, just quick send me an email, buffalorumblings at sbnation.com, and you can join Picasso's Pizza and all the other great advertisers we have at Buffalo Rumblings. Okay into training camp questions and and you guys did not disappoint with your questions for this week after the first uh, few practices of training camp so let's get right to it joe from manhattan texted in to the voicemail line 716-508-0405 referencing the offensive line pecking order article you wrote this week You've often said you don't believe Ford would get cut as he is cheap and cost-controlled, so he could make it as the ninth offensive lineman. Referencing Luke Tenuta getting more reps, does it seem like maybe he's getting knocked off the roster, especially since Tenuta is also cheap? So let's take a look at what I actually mean when I say cheap. Cody Ford's cap hit in 2022 is actually $2.4 million. His salary is one5 so they could save roughly, I don't know, $500,000, $400,000 by cutting Cody Ford and replacing him with Luke Tenuta um, or one of those veteran minimum contracts because the only thing that counts for that Cody Ford cap hit, um, if he's on the team, is the base salary. His his signing bonus, his workout bonus have already been paid out. So that $1.5 million in base salary is a little bit higher than the NFL league minimum, like $400,000, $500,000, depending on whether you're talking about a rookie or a veteran replacing Cody Ford. So when I say he's cheap depth, he's a guy that has NFL starting experience at guard and tackle. And that's what I'm talking about when I'm, when I'm saying you know, cheap experience. Now, um, Cody Ford has been running ninth at best on the offensive line when they're bringing in 
uh, reserves to play. It's Tommy Doyle getting run. It's David Questenberry getting run. When they went down three starting offensive linemen, Greg Mance came in and was playing an interior offensive lineman position. And then finally Cody Ford got run with the first team when they had four injuries on the first team offensive line or four absences on the offensive line. But then on Monday, Bobby Hart got run with the first team ahead of Cody Ford. So is he the ninth lineman? Is he the 10th lineman? I don't really know. Um, What I do know is that they're not going to keep him on the team based on his salary. Um, because it's just not good business. Like it's going to be a football decision whether or not Cody Ford is on this team because they'll actually they probably will save money if they cut him. It's not a lot. It's not enough to be like oh they cut him for salary cap reasons. No, they're going to be cutting him for football reasons. So to to go back to your question, does it seem like Ford is getting knocked off the roster, especially since Tenuta is cheap. I think he's just getting knocked off the roster because he's not playing very well. Granted, all of those practices were practices without pads until the last few days. So maybe when the pads go on, something changes. Maybe he's able to keep working with Aaron Cromer and play his way up during the preseason and and make this roster a month from now. But he's starting at the ninth position at, at best. He's starting at the very back end of the roster. So if he does make the team, it's as the guy that's inactive on game day, even though he has that inside-outside versatility, or at least supposedly has that inside-outside versatility. I recorded um, on Buffalo late night on Monday night with Greg Thompson from Cover One, and, and he actually made a really good point, is that Cody Ford might be that guy that Brandon Bean is able to flip for you know a future late-round draft pick like he's been able to do in the past with other players right before NFL cutdowns. Like they, there might be a team out there that has a first or second round grade on Cody Ford from the draft and says to themselves, hey, we can get this guy um, playing for our team or maybe we have depth issues and Cody Ford can come in and solve those. So he's a guy that would make a lot of sense as that late August trade uh, if he stays healthy, if he continues to play at that like ninth offensive lineman level on this Bills team that the Bills might be able to flip for a future pick and that would clear his salary off their books organically as opposed to um, just getting nothing for him when they release him. So it's a great, great, great question um, that you asked about the um, offensive line pecking order. You can check that article out over at buffalorumblings.com in the training camp section. Um, if you go right to the homepage, it's one of the major things right underneath the, the top group of articles. You can see all of our training camp coverage right there. And I'll pop a link to both of those things in our show notes article here. So you can click through it right on your phone uh, if you're listening there um, or whatever device you're listening on. Thanks for that question at 716-508-0405. Joe from Manhattan, you're the best. Thanks. Let's head over to Twitter where Jack Nealon asks us, a lot's been said about James Cook's pass catching, but I project Zach Moss making the roster as the third running back for pass protection reasons. Moss and Gilliam are two of our better blockers from the running back and tight end position. We did also use six offensive linemen a good amount last year. How will this factor into roster decisions? I don't think there's much doubt that Zach Moss is going to make the team. I also don't know if there's necessarily a path to him getting snaps 
um, on a weekly basis unless somebody else is injured. I think he's going to be that inactive third running back like Matt Burita was last year. The Bills keep two running backs active, one running back on the shelf, and then have Taiwan Jones as your special teamer and Reggie Gilliam as your fullback tight end special teamer, all sorts of things that he does. So I do think Zach Moss is going to make the roster. I don't think it's going to impact the roster decisions very much about Zach Moss's pass blocking ability. Jack goes on to say that he thinks that Motor, Cook, Moss, and Gilliam all make the 53 with only two tight ends making the roster with Knox and Howard. I think the Bills are going to keep a third tight end just because they do want to run more jumbo sets. They do want to run more you know, two tight end and fullback sets, and you can't do that if you don't have another fullback on the roster, or sorry, another tight end on the roster. If Reggie Gilliam's your third tight end, you can't really run jumbo packages because then if one of them gets hurt and that was a key part of your game plan for that week, you have nothing. So I do think they're going to keep three tight ends on their final roster. We'll see how it all shakes out with you know those late training camp injuries, but I don't see a path for Zach Moss to actually get snaps, but I do think he'll be that third running back. Thanks for your question over on Twitter, Jack. Our Twitter handle is rumblings Q and a with the word and spelled out in the middle. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we have some good conversation about the defense coming up. A really good question um, that I'm going to springboard into some bigger conversations. So don't go anywhere. All right. We've got a couple quick hitters from our email inbox to get to before we get to our, our big question that's a jumping off point on the defense. Uh, BD sends us an email, Buffalo Rumblings at SBNation.com. Do you see Ike Bucker? I like that guy. He works hard. Ike Bucker's been working with trainers, but not on the field. He is still a ways away from even getting back on the field with his late season Achilles injury. I just assume Ike Bucker is going to be on the pup list to start the season, which is where he is right now the physically unable to perform list. That means he's going to be out for a bare minimum of a month. Uh, and then at the end of September, they'll be able to reevaluate. That can keep him on that pup list for a little bit of time uh, before he eventually converts to injured reserve. Um, so we'll see how they do that roster management thing. If they're really comfortable with their offensive line depth, they may just put him on injured reserve for the rest of the year, even though he's on a one-year contract. And then they can bring him back when they need him, if they need him, or um, just let him continue to rehab. So um, Ike Bucker, you know, late season Achilles injury, usually a, a 10 to 12 month injury, still not cleared for football um, activities at St. John Fisher. Thanks. All right. On to the question I was saving for last. Andrew Sunday tweets us at Rumlings Q and A. We saw what the Rams did with Donald and Miller in Super Bowl, which allowed their linebackers to be free as offensive linemen slide protection. With Oliver and Miller looking to create the same dilemma, does this mean Milano and Edmonds will benefit when pass rushing? Also, Bernard is a good pass rusher. Oh man, I love this question because it lets me talk about every layer of the defense and how it's all going to come together. Um, Yes, uh, Deion Dawkins called them a cheat code when you line up the two of them next to each other, Von Miller and Ed Oliver. So I think offensive lines are going to have to slide protection to that side if you put them on the same side. Um, 
Ed Oliver interestingly said, I want to put us on opposite sides because then they can't slide protections and they have to you know, choose a poison, essentially. So that was an interesting little wrinkle Ed Oliver threw in at his press conference this weekend. Um, is it going to allow the Bills a little bit more success with their linebackers rushing? I think so. But I think that also comes back, not just with the Von Miller acquisition, but the Kair Elam acquisition. Last year, the Bills had four really good secondary players in Trey White, Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde, and Taron Johnson. But then they had Levi Wallace, who is a solid player. Please don't say I'm besmirching Levi Wallace. But he's not super athletic. Um, if you leave him alone on an island with another team's wide receiver, he's going to get picked on. Adding a first-round pick cornerback is going to allow the Bills to put those five guys in coverage and one of the linebackers while freeing up the other linebacker to blitz more. So I think you're going to see more of Matt Milano and Tremaine Edmonds going into pass rush mode as opposed to drop back and cover mode. They're going to be able to switch that up more, and especially if offensive lines are really focused on Miller and Oliver, then they won't have an eye on Matt Milano coming off the other side or something like that, just as an example. So I do think that the addition of Von Miller is going to increase that linebacker uh, pass rushing ability uh, of Milano and Edmonds. But I also think that a key part of that conversation is going to be Kair Elam in the secondary. If you have five great secondary players you don't need to drop both of your linebackers into coverage on every play and put seven of your best defenders off the ball necessarily. So the the whole pass rush is going to be better because Kair Elam is in the back and it gives you more options with those front six guys, the, the four down linemen and the two linebackers. So it's just a really exciting time to be looking at the Buffalo Bills defense and trying to figure out what they're going to do because Leslie Frazier and, and Sean McDermott have more options now because Elam is in the fold. It's not just, you know, we want to get past rush with those front four guys and drop the back seven into coverage all the time. They don't have to do that anymore when they have that talent at the other cornerback spot opposite of Tredavious White. And we haven't really seen it. We haven't seen... Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier with a dominant pass rusher like Von Miller. We haven't seen them with a dominant one-tech defensive tackle, or sorry, three-tech defensive tackle, like hopefully Ed Oliver is taking that next step to becoming. We haven't seen them with two outstanding outside cornerbacks, which hopefully Kair Elam can get to. Even in his rookie season, um, I expect that Kair Elam's going to give up some plays, but I also expect that he's going to make some plays that Levi Wallace wouldn't have been able to make. And they're going to give him more to do than maybe they would give Dane Jackson if Dane Jackson was the starting cornerback opposite of Tredavious White. So I think that all of those things are going to lead to more versatility out of the Buffalo Bills defense. And back to your original question, to that pass rushing ability of the linebackers, getting Matt Milano into the backfield to cause some havoc. I think people forget that he had three sacks last year and three and a half sacks the year before. He's been efficient as a pass rusher, and now if he can do it even more, 
can he up those sack numbers even more? I mean, it's it's a very, very interesting way of looking at the defense with Von Miller and Ed Oliver on one side, Matt Milano creating you know an overload blitz on the other side. It could really, really be effective um, in certain situations in the game. And they've got the horses on the back end to cover for anything that might happen because Matt Milano isn't dropped into coverage. So um, I would anticipate Milano getting more of those pass rushing opportunities than Tremaine Edmonds. Just because Edmonds' length, his, his long arms, his height, his ability to you know be disruptive in the middle of that passing defense is is so valuable and Milano is a great coverage linebacker but can't cover as much ground as Edmonds just by his reach um, and so I, I would anticipate Milano getting more of those pass rushing opportunities than Edmonds but if you can use both of them that way um, you remember I, a few years ago they would do that you know fake double a gap blitz where they would bring Milano and Edmonds down to the line of scrimmage and then as soon as the ball was snapped they would drop into coverage like we're going to see more of that hopefully um, we're going to see more of that varied in multiple front because they have you know Von Miller and Ed Oliver causing the offense to focus in one direction and because they have Kyrie on the Kyrie Elam on the back end and so it's just going to be so much fun to watch I'm really excited for it um, thanks for your question over at Rumblings Q&A on Twitter. We are into the month of August over at BuffaloRumblings.com, which means our coverage ramps up. Um, we're no longer in off-season mode. We are in the season mode. So you'll see you know, more coverage. The video podcasts are back. All of our podcasts are back full-time. We've got a ton of coverage no matter how you check out Buffalo Rumblings, whether it's on a video podcast, on an audio podcast, or the written word, even our social media stuff is, is ramping up as well. So uh, make sure you give us a follow at all of our socials at buffalorumblings.com, at our uh, video and podcast places. Go YouTube, click subscribe. It really helps us out. There are so many ways you can interact with buffalorumblings.com, and it's really um beneficial for us if you share that with other folks as well and we would really appreciate that as always you can send in your questions for next week's episode of this show at 716-508-0405 you can tweet us at rumblings q and a that's with the word and spelled out in the middle you can email us buffalo rumblings at sbnation.com there are so many ways to get in touch with the show please send in your questions for next week's episode as we get into really like the meat of training camp um you know with pads on with play install going on with you know getting almost starting to get ready for that first preseason game so send in your questions to us uh we really appreciate it thanks for listening and go bills